on 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Ball into the area, loose first, Hunter Barisha, Hindmarsh has been turned navy and white in the 21st minute by James Troisi. Free kick swung in, two for victory! Bessart Barish has done it off the head, nestled it inside the near post, and he pumps his arms like a machine gun to the crowd. Why wouldn't he? It's Melbourne victory two, Adelaide United nil. G'day everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's final whistle here on a Saturday night. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. And there were the voices of Teo Palazzari and Jonathan Howcroft, who uh, did a fantastic job calling the game tonight. Between Melbourne Victory and Adelaide United at Cooper Stadium, Melbourne Victory were 2-0 victors over Adelaide United. Troisi scored in the 22nd minute, and Barisha with a lovely header in the 68th minute. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. So is uh, Warren Diego. G'day, Warren. Yeah, g'day, Rodrigo. Can I put a complaint in? Carlos snores, because we've slept <laughs> overnight, haven't we? We, we, we just hankered down in the studio because it wasn't any point going home with all the roadworks on the on the Westgate Carlos hardly any point us going home so we hankered down and he's disgraceful I actually forgot how bad his snoring was from the times we've been to the World Cup so forgive me if I'm a little bit tired tonight and a bit sort of flat yeah yeah that's the reason okay well thank you thank you for that (laughs) disclaimer um, Carlos Alberto Diego, welcome to you. How are you there, Rodrigo and uh, Warren? What a stupid way to start the show. Uh, we really need to be talking about Melbourne Victory's professional Do win we? tonight and, uh, oh. and get on to that because we're professional people. People okay. don't need to know where we slumber <laughs> at night and who we slumber next to and our, and our, uh, sne- our sleeping habits. Uh, we just need to talk world football tonight. Uh, can't wait because what a professional performance it was, Rodrigo Rodriguez. Yeah, it's, it was fantastic. And we'll get right into that very, very shortly, Carlos. So tonight's show is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, and the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. Big night for you tonight, 94291116. Give us a call or send us a text message on 0433981116. Now, Carlos, what's the hot topic tonight? The hot topic, uh, there's no real hot topic except oh. for victory winning well, games, the but the hotline the tonight hotline. is the uh, victory... Oh, you're just making it up, uh, are you? Well, it was Doing the business? Doing the business. Yeah. Victory doing the business, absolutely. <laughs> that was what went out on Twitter. We want to be consistent with the brand. Correct, the whole correct. Thing. Yeah. Victory do the business, and I, in brackets, again... Uh, five on the trot, one again, very professional in Adelaide. Even though Adelaide have been pretty poor this year uh, by way of results, not necessarily performance but by, by results, but uh, that was, uh, would you believe it or not, I felt a danger game for victory, uh, but really at Hindmarsh in the hot weather, the tougher it got, victory was just a machine. Wonderful. They're, they're so professional it's boring. And uh, <laughs> I was desperately hoping, and there was we've already had correspondence off Twitter, haven't we, Carlos? Having a bit of a dip at me, I think. But I look, I genuinely said it last night. I was looking for an upset. I want something to talk about. And at the moment, as much as I'd like to cause controversy and I'd like to stir up Melbourne Victory fans, it's hard because they're the best team, I think, in the competition at the moment. Offensively, defensively, so you're lying transition. Down. You're lying down. No, there's no lying down. You mentioned you mentioned uh, on Twitter, Peter Tanevsky sent in before the end of the game because this is how certain. Yeah, he was. yeah, yeah, yeah. If my memory serves me well, yep. didn't Vinny? He means Warren. Yeah, that's true. Want 
Melbourne victory to lose. Yep, that Absolutely. just happened. Six points clear and a game in hand. We're doing okay. And they're after Sydney FC. That's Peter Tanevsky. Yep. Uh, it's a sentiment of all Melbourne victory fans out there. And anyone who knows their world football in this country would know that Melbourne victory right now is red hot, cherry ripe, uh, super, super professionals, working together as a team, four games unchanged. 22 uh, out of 24 and, points. And, and Muskie still keeping a lid on yeah, it. Um, There's so much more for this team to do. So much more. So much more. But as Carl Valeri said aptly, and he was talking to everybody out there, including your Twitter friends and online communicators, (laughs) that you don't win anything in January. And I've heard you say that. In fact, Carlos, you've actually said, we don't even look at the ladder in January. In the change room, they'd be Popping champagne right now, they'd be you know going Getting over ahead the top. of themselves. No, they wouldn't. They they can handle it. They they celebrate their win as Kevin Musket used to celebrate his wins. Mm. Uh, but the next day, it's recovery time. Let's focus for the next one. There is a professional a victory team as I've seen in the in the history of uh, of the league. I, I think that the way they go about it, not a, man for man, they're probably not as good as some of the other victory teams. But uh, Kevin Musket after they. Uh, the, the the embarrassing start to the season they had, a lot of question marks early in the season, if you remember. And uh, the way he's galvanised this team, the way he has, uh, you know, picked teams on merit, like those boys who are playing right now are clearly the best 11 in that squad. The guys on the bench, Ansel's on the bench. Um, they yeah, he's, had, um, stay, he's stuck fat with uh, Donachie, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. They had Ansel on the bench. Ingham. They've got Ingham on the bench. The guy's knocking Austin. the door. Down. Austin's on the bench who really... The six million dollar man's it, on the bench. At the start of the year, he, Ben Calfala couldn't get a game because of Austin. No. I mean, these guys are players who could probably play in every other team in the league absolutely. at the moment. Except for City. Well, <laughs> really. <laughs> there are people in the cars that nearly crashed then. When we're talking about <laughs> look, you the comparison between victory and City. If you were uh, given the title away in January, Carlos... You'd be definitely saying Sydney are playing Melbourne victory. You ever heard of the word momentum? Oh, momentum's fantastic, but I there's mean, still 15 games to go. According to you, Melbourne City in the first three games would have won the league. Okay. You don't, you that, don't win they the had league. momentum. Yeah, absolutely. They did. So, and uh, they had momentum yeah, right up to the yeah. fact to the point where they beat victory twice. Yep. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. It is Victory Doing the Business Hotline. If you're a victory supporter, hey, give us a call. You're, keeping, you're keeping your lid on it, or are you... Cock-a-hoop, as we say on the Diego's. Give us a call, 94291116, or send us a text message on 0433981116. Hey, Scott in Craigieburn's been on the line. G'day, Scott, and welcome to the final whistle. Good evening, amigos. How are we? Very good. Very well, Scotty. We're keeping the lid on it, mate. It's packed down at the moment. It's not coming off. (laughs) Come on. Just another three points, boys. Another professional performance. You know, we didn't look to over-possess the ball. Just hit the back of the net, something that City can't do one, you've got to admit. (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, that's fair to say, Scotty, at the moment, but it is only January. I'll just say that. Yeah, and I'm sure the City boys aren't looking at the ladder either. I'll confirm that as well. <laughs> just goes to show we are the premier team in Melbourne. Forget about that other mob. They are useless. Um, I thought Carl Valeri was brilliant tonight. I thought he was probably the player of the match. I'm not, you know, Travis, he was good again, but Valeri just came in at the middle of the park. He's a master. Look, Scotty, I think the one thing I'll definitely agree with you, I think there's no coincidence that this run of games and this run of form, which is 22 out of 24 points, has come, I think, without the team needing to be changed at all. They haven't made a change in, four, in that time. So continuity is absolutely huge. And I think the 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 improvement has come from, you know, Teresi, who got injured. He was the first one to do a collarbone. He got injured. He's come back and he's 
played his best football. I think Carl Valeri coming back from that long-term injury last season, he's back to the form that he displayed two seasons ago before he got injured. I think they've just had really, really fantastic continuity in terms of players, and that's built confidence. It's built that connection. Ben Kalfalar's come back into form. Barisha was never out of form. But, but do you think continuity yep. is an accident? Those players who are playing have no, earned their spot. Is not an accident, but okay. at the same it's time... It's luck. This is not luck. It is luck, luck these, Carlos. These players, it is luck. These players have played well and fought for their spots. Continuity is Broxham luck because... was out of the team at the start of the year. Donicky was out of the team at the start of the year. They took up. their chance. They took their chance, and it's no luck. It and is they luck. Have, they, Kevin Injuries Musket, are luck. The environment around that squad right now is best players win. If you get the shirt, you keep the shirt as long as you keep on performing. Same thing's happening at Sydney at the moment. And, uh, and I'm just, you know, the question mark about attitude and wanting to win. It's all right, but, you know, being a one-way team going forward and looking great and being possession bullies. But the defensive transition and the eagerness and the hungry, it being so hungry to get the ball back when you lose it, especially when you turn it over in, in bad areas, that's something that Victory do as well as any team in they the competition. They are currently doing it better than any team in the competition, Carlos. You're 100% right. But for you to be naive enough... And that's what it is, naive. For you to be naive enough to say that continuity in terms of the players you're able to put on the park doesn't have a degree of luck. I mean, let's go back to the start of the season. James Teresi goes up for a header, innocuous, loses balance, falls, falls on, his, on his shoulder, breaks his collarbone, is out for four weeks. Now, if you can't say that's being unlucky... The only way... You're just looking at injuries as a reason for... A team part having, of that is part no, of no, no, having no injuries. Form. Is I'm continuity. talking about attitude. You can't do anything about injuries, but you can do something about form and attitude. All those guys in every in that squad are at their top mental, um, you know, state at the moment. And uh, but just can before, they maintain it? I'm, I'm just wondering whether we still got Scotty on the line. Scotty, tell us what you think. My, Carlos's survey tonight. I'll, Talk to oh, myself in the, as in, in the third person. <laughs> so I want I want to get people's um, opinion about this tonight. How much has Kevin Musket had to do with the attitude of this team right now, Scotty? What do you think? Um, has he had Has he had anything to do? Anything significant, or is it just that the, these players are the best players in the competition and they're doing well? I think it just goes without saying. I think um, in the interview after the game, Tara asked Teresi. Uh, sorry. Um, I think it was Bozza asked um, Muskie about this trail with you. Does he train hard during the week? Or is he one of them guys who goes out there and performs um, just on the day? And he goes, he trains as hard as I tell him to train. Yep. And I think that goes without saying, mate. And I'm just wondering, Warren, is there any chance you can lend me 100 till next week, mate? Because um, <laughs> I had a jar in front of me uh, in the game, and I thought, I'll put $5 in it every time Andy Harper, that flog, says controversy. Goal controversy, goal controversy. At the end of the night, I'll put about 250 bucks. <laughs> yeah, no, look, Scotty, there's, I mean, I don't have 100 bucks, and I probably wouldn't lend it to a Victory fan anyway if I did. But, uh, no, I will say about this, I mean, I think you've made a point last week in terms of sometimes the commentators looking to create controversy around decisions, and that's part of their job. Look, I reckon with both free kicks... Some days they're given, some days they're not. That's not controversy. Oh, you're That's so just magnanimous. Rub of the grain. In the I green route, Scotty, oh. he was saying that first goal of Troisi's <laughs> a goal was a strike. free kick. 
should never have been given because of the uh, previous foul on Elrich by Ben, ben Kalfala. And he said that that changed the momentum of the game completely. <laughs> That's what he said to us in the green room, Scott. So don't listen to what the garbage he, he trolls out, you know, on air. The, the real stuff... And I'm not going to treat our audience with contempt. No, no, you, I'm going you to tell that. them that the real stuff is that he <laughs> felt that the game changed on that, uh, on that uh, non-decision by the referee that led to the Troisi goal. Hey, Scott, uh, thanks for your call. From not sounding like you, like, like sounding initially you were going to keep a lid on it, you sound very comfortable there yeah. just quietly. But thanks for your call, as always, Scott. Really appreciate that. As they that. should. Can we do something? A fa- I need a favour from you, Rodrigo. Oh, sure. Oh, when, we're, when we're heading down the path, of having everything that we say about victory being a comparison with Melbourne City. I'm not talking about Melbourne City tonight. I know did, did if, I somebody, Rodrigo, if somebody did I asks Melbourne City? a question of me, I'll be asking it with a pair of Melbourne victory glasses on, not through the prism. A critical eye. Yeah, critical eye. Like no, that's, a, that's, that's what you normally yeah, absolutely. do. <laughs> and will Melbourne victory fans who want to ring up and gloat at this stage in January, they if they be want to do to. that, let us do that but without any reference being made to what they perceive as strengths against Melbourne City, because that was last night's news. But no one's mentioned Melbourne City at Scotty all. Did. except no, you just did. did. No, Scotty did. No, you just, you just did keep Scotty? on. Scott mentioned that yeah, thank uh, you. You know, they're well ahead of Melbourne City, and Melbourne City are 10 points off. And what did that text that's message, a, a fact. That, that Twitter sphere person actually no, say? He was just reminding you of you saying that you hoped that the Melbourne victory had lost. And uh, and they had won, and they're very comfortable with the win. How many hours have we got? Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. Victory doing the business hotline. If you're a victory supporter, hey, and you're in the car or you're listening to the Diego's anywhere, hey, give us a call. It's your show tonight. No Vinny Venezuela tonight, so you be the fourth Diego, like Lee in Elfington. G'day, Lee, and welcome to the final whistle. Sorry about sorry. Luke. Luke. Sorry, Luke. How are you, long Luke? Time, uh, long time listener. Long t- I haven't called for a long time, but um, guys, we're on fire at the moment, but the victory. But um, I think Troisi's been a major catalyst for the return to form. Since he's come back. Yeah, no, I think, um, Luke, you're 100% right. I actually think he's the most important player in the Melbourne Victory team at the moment. I think he's the... He's the... As much as... I said this to Carlos off air. As much as I'm not allowed to comment on tactics, <laughs> I um I mentioned the fact that I felt that Melbourne's victory, Melbourne victory's transition from having the ball to losing the ball and getting behind, you know, defensive transition. Carlos, I know that might be using terms out of my technical capability, but their defensive transition led by Carl Valeri is sensational. They they just get back behind the ball and they're very very hard to score against. And as such, one or two goals is everything. But to me, the thing that's allowed the goals to flow for victory, and he started scoring, and he went, I think, up until the last two games, he would went the whole season without actually scoring a goal. He's the fulcrum to which they actually allow, are, are scoring as easily as they, they are. Thank you very much there, Warren. Luke, you still there? Yeah, I am. The other reason I think we're winning is because of Carl Valeri being back. Carl, um, he's been fantastic yeah. and, and rarely gets the plaudits, but I think people are starting to realise how important he is. And, and uh, Warren, you were talking about defensively through the midfield, how oh, yeah. they are just so superior. Yeah, they are. And they, they actually um, bossed Adelaide. They I did. just wanted to use that word, bossed, <laughs> um, in the midfield tonight. Oh, they, they did. 
So, look, uh, what do you think uh, as far as the survey is concerned? How much of an influence is Kevin Musket on this team? I mean, some coaches just coach and the players are the ones that win the games. But uh, how much influence do you think he has uh, rather than just the players being good enough to, to get the wins that they have? He's a, he's a massive influence on the playing group, but he's also a very positive influence. So um, it's not just, for me, you you look at the coach and you say, yeah, there's not much he can do on match day, but just having a presence like, uh, like Kevin Muskett on the sideline uh, has to be a really... Put, uh, have to have a, has to have a very positive influence on the players. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, my sense of positive influence is the fact that if I didn't work hard enough, I reckon I'd be positively influenced to work a bit harder because I didn't want to cop the spray that was coming my way. Well, from, I, I've, got that. A, I've got a sense. Yeah, I think there's, there, there's he's instilled as a bloke who always probably had a lot of pride in his own performance. Well, he had great work ethic as a player. Yeah, and he had a lot of pride. He's, he was a very combative type. Okay, he went over the he crossed the line a, a number of times and, uh, you know, he was regarded as one of the dirtiest players in world football. But that's just him being combative and doing what he needed to do to win games. That's how much it means to him. I felt that they got such... They were so embarrassed and humiliated by what happened in that first game of the year against City that uh, they set themselves, and they didn't get it right for a few weeks after that fully. But they but, became harder to score against, yeah, but, and now they've been offensive. purely attitude, purely attitude. I mean, that, their style of play is the same style of play that Muskie has embedded in this team for years now. He's, he's had the team for three years. Uh, when they won the league, when they didn't do so poorly, they're playing the same style. The four prongs up front, the Troisi, Rojas, uh, Barisha and Ben Kalfalar, those guys are out of control at the moment. But what makes a difference when they don't have the ball, they were pressing high tonight. Was it 38 degrees when they were playing? No, 33. 33 degrees. They didn't deserve the water break halfway through the game. But uh, what I'm saying is... They didn't deserve the water break. They were pressing (laughs) high. uh, And these are players who have won games... Uh, you know, regard themselves pretty highly, uh, but they were adhering to the team structures and what, what's required. And I just think Kevin Musk has instilled this pride in performance, this attitude that you play to the team plan and you don't let the team down. And they do it in a ferocious way. And that's what I, I really like about this victory team. Yeah, no, I can't disagree. And clearly the leaders within the team itself, like obviously Valeri, you know, Broxham, Barisha, those blokes are, are really playing well at the moment. Yeah. I mean, everyone's playing. They're, they're all playing, they're well, all playing and, well, and they're all yep. leading from the front. So, yeah, absolutely, uh, v- very good stuff from Melbourne Victory. It's uh, twenty-six minutes past ten. Now, give me a beat. Vinny's Best On Ground. With thanks to Best On Plumbing, Victoria's trusted plumbing and drainage experts, they've been around for over twenty-six years. And if you've got some plumbing requirements, uh, they do. Some of the big developments around Melbourne, uh, call Best On on 1300 Best On or check them out on beston.net.au. Who was Best uh, On? James Teresi, for me, Rodrigo, was Best On ground tonight. He's the guy that makes things happen. He was setting up goals. Now he's scoring them. I mean, it's going to be a mighty hard group. Carlos mentioned those four um, in terms of Barisha, Ben Kalfalar, Rojas and Tracy. They're... They're probably the best combination at the moment going around, and and him scoring means so much to that team in terms of how they're going to go. So him for me, the only thing I'll say is 
had 32 family members in the crowd. <laughs> Tell you what, for a team on the bottom of the ladder, asking them for 32 free tickets, <laughs> that might have come in the audit. But uh, I can understand why. But, gee whiz, you could have probably got a few from your own How many people would you say, 36? Or? I think he th- I thought it was 40, but well, Carlos said it was 32. I thought it was either 21 or 32. Yeah, there, there were, <laughs> I don't have that many in my family well, in total. Yeah, but the, the reason I right. asked was is there were 10,036 people there. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, were those 36 yeah. Yeah, they, his but, family members? Yeah, yeah, I would say they probably were. And they they would have been happy because um, he's an Adelaide boy. Yep. And yeah. he scored. No, fair enough. No argument there. Um, Warren Diego sitting in for Vinny's uh, best on ground. So tonight's score, Melbourne victory defeated Adelaide United 2-0. Troy Easy scored in the 22nd minute. Barisha in the 68th. At the Cooper Stadium tonight, 10,036. As I said, um, that means victory have got their 20, 22 points out of 24, I think you mentioned, yeah, Warren. that's correct. And in the earlier game today, Newcastle Jets defeated Brisbane mm. great. 3-2. We'll talk a bit more about great that a game. little bit later on. Stay with us. Give us a call, 94291116. Victory supporters, give us a call, 94291116. Victory do the business hotline. This is the Four Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Bit of a disco theme here on a Saturday night. We know you're off to the discos tonight. He's coming out to Australia to do a, oh, to do a solo right. gig, Barry. Yeah, was that cancelled? I'm not sure. Is but it yeah, cancelled? No, no, he was no, coming. I think he was, but... Um, but anyway, we'll uh, we'll confirm that, How seeing that we're that a sports voice, station. Right? How high is that voice? Oh, just uh, very high. It's it good, is. Yeah, it I'm is. not not sure what um, you know, <laughs> what it is in terms of scale, but uh, it's very high. Uh, <laughs> Falsetto, I think they call it, Thank you. Rodrigo. Thank you. I watch my American Idol, my yes. voice. Castrati. Oh, really? That's the other way. <laughs> really? 94291116. Give us a call, yep. 94291116. We'd love to hear from you or send us a text message on 0433981116. Carlos, what's happening at Four Diego's on Twitter? Yeah, Twitter's running hot at the moment. Of course, as uh, probably in between the dancers at the disco, they're just deciding to put their thoughts out and have a bit of a voice out on the social media superhighway. Um, this is from Randy. Um, keeping a lid on it because we weren't great tonight. Interesting point of view. The lid might come off if we're still playing like this on Australia Day. Of course, he's referring to the game against Sydney that's coming up. Can't wait for uh, that. Oh, uh, I won't be watching. <laughs> yes, you will. How, how, will I mean, really, sure. these two sides are just cherry ripe at the moment. They've got one. I mean, who uh, victory's got Brisbane next week. Is that right? Yep. Okay, and Brisbane weren't so good, but they'll be very competitive. So I'll be going into that Sydney game. Uh, if they win, even more confident. They've got, a game to, they've got to travel to Perth, I think, and the Wellington game leading up to the Sydney oh, game. Oh, okay, too. fair enough. And uh, so they'll be, you know, they would have been, they certainly would have uh, been right in the mood of playing. They certainly wouldn't have been drop, dropping off as far as the match practice is concerned. And, uh, and also, uh, Sydney have got. I think they've got Central Coast tomorrow. Is that right? Correct. And, uh, and uh, you know, and is this anyone else is just warm-up for victory? I think they've, the, the, folk is, the focus is the players, the coaches will say it's one game at a time, but I'm, I'm sure that they're forgetting about the games between now and the Sydney game. You hope they don't, Carlos. Yeah. No, you I'm hope sure. they don't. Yeah, it's human nature. It you is. Just forget about that. Don't but worry as it about stands the at the moment, as it stands tonight, they've both played 13 games at Sydney and victory, and uh, victory only four points behind uh, Sydney yeah. now, so sitting on 29 points and um, Sydney are on 33. So that's... Um, that's pretty good, and the goal difference is not as um, well. It's actually it's actually eight goals, but it's not as yeah. stark as I thought it would have been because uh, Sydney have been so miserly. If you look at their, it's yeah. uh, thirty-one goals, four and five against, which is unbelievable, mm. really. Um, but they've they've uh, lost Matt Yerman, who was mm. important to them, mm. and they're you know they're umming and ahhing over where it's Reese Williams, where they can come to terms with him, they come in instead of Matt Yerman or um, or playing a kid, you know, playing a kid out of the youth team. But, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure that Sydney FC will not 
at this point after having so many barren years of um, they you know, won't allow of, themselves. Yeah, to I think off. that they'll just you know they'll invest in who they need to, but they'll be very astute with their with their selection. And of course, we had a caller at five to twelve earlier in the week ring us up with explosive news, which hasn't hit the hit the Haven't media seen it yet. Carlos, I've been that looking. Nikovic will be you know going to China. In this January transfer window, I've been waiting for someone to report on it, but no one has. So mm. wait and see. Well, he said it was a rumor, but it was breaking news. Yeah, <laughs> it's little, yeah. too little, bit. Yeah. an exclusive, anyway, an, exclusive an exclusive rumor exclusive. that was possibly going to happen. Yeah. So for all you uh, BG fans and uh, well, uh, Barry Gibb fans, of course, uh, Craig from Reservoir and uh, was is is right. He, he I thought it was um, cancelled all over it for you boys. Barry Gibb cancelled and not rescheduled. Oh, that's so. wow. disappointing for Barry. What, didn't so get the go. numbers? I think he probably... <laughs> is he the Melbourne City? Oh, now is we he, need to find out is why. He, is he the Melbourne City of, uh, of entertainment? I think he would have been reluctant to do it by himself, Carlos. Yeah? I mean, it's a bit like the Four Diego's. If anyone else <laughs> broke away and went out by themselves, it wouldn't be the same. And it's the yeah, same yeah. with the BGs. You just can't do it. Yeah. No, apparently, apparently the press release is uh, due to change in international commitments. Yeah. He had well. a better offer. Yeah, he had a better offer. Maybe he didn't sell enough tickets. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Hey, um, very interesting. You know, you gave uh, James Treasy best on tonight. Oh, best uh, on, clearly. Best absolutely. On. Let's have a listen to James Treasy um, in, during his interview with Fox Sports. So I am joined by the NAB man of the match. Congratulations, Dame Troisi. $500 coming away. And it's taken by your gorgeous cousin, Ilya. Was it the 32 family members that are cheering in, in the background there that uh, helped you with that goal and that fantastic performance tonight? Yeah, it's fantastic. Obviously, uh, I don't get to play in Adelaide too often, or I haven't in my career. So whenever I come back, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, it was a difficult game tonight. We made it tough for ourselves. Um, I think the game got out of hand a little bit, um, which was, uh, you know, it was stop and start a lot. But then the day we pick up another three points and we uh, move forward to the next game. You did touch on it there. You said it was a really difficult game, not just the conditions, but at times you lost your structure and it was, you got a lot of yelling from Kevin Musk, yeah, of course, naturally from the bench. What was it? Yeah, it was just frustrating, like I said. It was a lot of stop start, um, you know, uh, a lot of fouls, a lot of yellow cards. Um, but at the end of the day, we'll go, we'll go um, and work on it. And, um, you know, as I said, lucky we uh, continue to keep picking up the three points. And what about for you personally? People are talking about this purple patch that you've hit. Uh, you opened your goal-scoring account last week and you've got a second one tonight. I mean, it must feel good to be scoring those goals. Yeah, it's fantastic. Obviously, I want to help the team out as much as I can. You know, a goal and an assist, which is uh, what I have to be doing. And I'm finding some uh, good form now, so I'm happy. I bet the family's happy. What did you think of his performance tonight? Was it good? good. Yeah. Very good. Best player on the park. Yeah. <laughs> you were. Thank you so much, James. A big congratulations. Cheers. See you later. There you go. There's uh, James Treasy on Fox Sports with uh, Tara Rushton and Warren. It's you good that they got. Ground. It's good that they got it right, really, because <laughs> I mean, I, he was clearly. And if they gave it to anyone else, it would have been disappointing. But uh, I think he's the most important player in the victory team at the moment. And I think um, we've often probably associated James Treasy with, you know, the flashy. The you know, he's got sublime skill. He can create something out of nothing. But I think what we're seeing, a player that in his second incarnation at Melbourne Victory has come back, he's certainly got a really good work ethic. He understands his role. He's talking, doing all the right things, talking the right game, doing everything possible. And, uh, you know, they weren't the team that they were are now when he, he went up and fell on his shoulder and broke his collarbone. And they're certainly 
going very well, and he's a major part of it. Yeah, but the, what concerns me, and again, you know, you can look at what happened tonight, but also you can look into the future as a coach would and say, well, who would replace Troisi if he got injured or suspended or, you know, spent a lengthy time out of the game? And they tried Ben Kalfala in that uh, in that sort of... Uh, more central role? Yeah, more central role in behind the strikers, or in behind Barisha, and that failed. Um, I don't. And I think they've pushed. They've even pushed um, Bozanic into that position, and it, that failed. So, so the, as much as we're you know talking about how good victory have been in a professional sense, in a disciplined sense, the way they go and execute their game plan, I think the the issue that they have is depth in those areas. He's irreplaceable. Well, <laughs> Mitch Austin can replace Silly. Ben Kalfalar. Uh, and England can place, uh, replace Rojas, for example, and they can just swap sides. And So they've got depth in those places. They haven't got a replacement for Berisha, and they haven't got a replacement for Troisi, which is a bit of a concern, I think, for Kevin Musket. And I, I'm kind of hoping they're going to dig deep into the uh, transfer market and try and find someone who might be able to not necessarily be a first 11 player, but a player who would uh, would happily come in and uh, and fill those Because uh, Beist roles. is clearly not going to be able to. He well, wasn't even on the bench tonight. Well, Kevin Kevin Muscat said very clearly today when people said, well, you know, why isn't Beister getting more game time, this and that? And he said, look, we know he's a good player, but we're not going to just gift game time to someone just because we've recruited them. And this is going back to what I said a, a while ago is, why would Victory recruit a player who wasn't ready, irrespective of how good he's... His, uh, it, you know, his video is... They weren't uh, desperate, Carlos, but they were worried at that point. But they've evolved since then. But, but hang on, what's the dif- difference between desperate and being worried? I mean, it's the same thing, isn't it, in that situation? What, I mean... There are degrees of worry. His video, and I've said this, his YouTube videos just absolutely... You'd sign him straight away. But when he rocked up, and we should be, we should be very mature about these things these days. Oh, uh, when he rocked up, he hadn't played in, you know, six months or whatever it is, and he'd come back you know, he had obviously a lot of um, issues with injury over time, and um, and you know, and this is what we get: a guy who's not ready. He's shown glimpses, but he's not ready. And there's no way he's going to break into a team when Ben, ben Kalfala is playing as well as he did in year one for him. And on the other side, Rojas is just immovable mm. too. Uh, he had a quiet game tonight, but uh, you know, you talk about the importance of uh, oh, someone yeah, like Troisi, but Rojas is right up there too. It looked like he uh, got a bit of an ankle injury. It looked like an ankle injury just off the TV. So let's hope he's okay because uh, yeah, he's very, very important to that uh, team as well. You'd almost say one of the most important players in that team, Warren. Absolutely. <laughs> I think you can. <laughs> hey, um, so so we talked a bit about before about them being unchanged for four games now. Carlos, you made the point before that is is it just the fact that they're unchanged means that they have got you know they've finally got some continuity or and and Warren was saying that's what I'd say basically would you, are you saying that 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 is no, the, not the re- luck or no, is that no I want I want to expand you can on have that a bad luck with injury right but just because you don't have injuries doesn't mean that you can keep a team unchanged if players no. aren't playing well and they're out of form that's not what I what said Kevin Musket what Kevin Musket's been man, has managed to do with this squad. From the humiliation from early in the season and the, and the stop-start nature. I like nature. that point, actually. Yeah, cause... from the stop-start nature. And people were questioning, you know, Finkler gone, Barbarousas gone. You were, ha- Carlos. Yes, I was you were. You know, have they replaced the Finkler, that link between the back half and the forward half, that creative wise man in midfield that could really, you know, unlock teams with through balls to Rojas and Barbarousas, uh, uh, sorry, and, and Barisha and so forth. And I didn't think they did, but they were playing that way. But... 
it shows the measure of the coach to be able to galvanise this team. Really, they really did set themselves for that derby, that second derby. Um, they, they'd lost the, the semi-final of the FFA Cup against Melbourne City. Another humiliation uh, for them. It wasn't as bad a performance as the first one, but it still was a humili- uh, embarrassment for them. And uh, they really did set themselves up from that, yep. for that derby. And, uh, and so suddenly, you know, every player has to be at their best. They all know it if they want to play in that team. And they all understand that even the guys on the bench, there's no, no sulking. There's no, they just know we have to be at our best because there's a bigger picture here. It's not how how much game time I get, but what, you know, what the whole team achieves together. And uh, there's no denying that in past years, in, in year one and two for Ben Kalfala, you know, at times he'd be, you know, into himself. He'd be, you know, body language wouldn't be great. He'd be, you know, taken off and he'd be, you know, sort of uh, unhappy, angry, with, angry. angry with everyone. Uh, he still is. And, and yeah, he still is. But the amount of times he's looking up and trying to look for an assist rather than get the glory himself. I mm. think that's a measure of the coaching and the expectations and how the players are bought into it. It's very interesting because, uh, you know, this is a lot, a lot of squads. Sid- Sydney are also, you know, they, they really change. They've, they've actually got them. Well, I'm, Sydney have been consistent from the whole, from, from the, start the start of the season. Of the season. So I, that's... I, no, I don't, I don't think they were that great early on. It took they haven't five lost, or, Carlos. I know, it doesn't they mean, haven't doesn't lost mean they Carlos. were great. You it didn't rate mean, them early, though, did no, you? No, I didn't rate them all, at all. You I didn't rate victory yeah. either. Well, a lot of people didn't rate victory, including you, And you, you rated Warren, City. And including you. I still think City... Well, no, I'm not going to say it because that will be a comparison. But, you know, <laughs> I still don't... I still think there. it's... I, I still think the top three, and I think Brisbane were a little, are a little bit... have been a little bit found out recently, and I think stuff around Jamie McLaren and a few other things are going to affect them. And, and might, I, I still don't think... Everything being equal, everyone playing at their best, and I know that's in a perfect world it doesn't happen ever. It's marginal between those top three teams. Just on the comparison on zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen, I figured out this is off the text message what Melbourne City are doing. They are lulling victory into a false <laughs> sense of security. The resident Muppet is right. City yep. are fabulous. Yeah, that's a bit. Uh, is that, am I the Muppet? Well, because I, I actually well, I could be. I, suppose. I actually felt that. That was going to be quite a positive text message until the Muppet part. <laughs> yeah. Em in Doncaster, we're chilling out, uh, all sipping pina coladas, quesera, sera, job done again. Yeah, if yes, they want to keep drinking yep. pina coladas in January, it's the weather's hot and it's very suited, but come May, you want cocoa. It's 16 minutes to 11. Warren's Football Tax Audit. With thanks to Tax Talk, Victoria, one of Victoria's best accounting firms, they'll look after your tax requirements and your financial requirements. Give them a call on 1300 366 639. Dom and the team there are professionals. They've been doing it for over 30 years. So get, get to Tax Talk, 1300 366 639. Warren, do the audit. Two audits tonight. Two. First of all, Tara yes. Rushton. Oh, how could I'm you? I'm Tara. You? Hang on. How dare you? <laughs> I'm auditing Tara. I mean, yeah. I know... Last night it was Adam Peacock. Oh, I know dear. you didn't audit him directly, but you... Yeah. Fenicum, my, my, my uh, proposal into Fox Sports has been ripped up. <laughs> you know, I, I lit it on fire today because I'm just... What well, you're just doing is you're crucifying it, us. Carlos. Anyway. Just take my name out. Please, Tara continue. Rushton. I mean, Tara, it's a difficult job and sometimes asking questions on the run is difficult. But going into a change room before the game, telling the captain of Adelaide that 80% of the blokes haven't got a contract <laughs> and then asks said player how his contract negotiations are going before the game yep. 
I think that's a bit of a stretch. Yep. Let's focus on game-related questions. Yep. And let's worry about contract negotiations, maybe in one-on-one interviews at night on the show that you host on a Sunday night, but not pre-game. That guy... Yep. He lost a complete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The in other fact, one... You saw him pointing at the at the coach the whole game, oh, saying, just... you know, you got up my salary here. you yeah. got to, you know, you, you, what are you going to do about... He was negotiating with the coach on the field. And Eugene this is... Galekovic hand over the armband <laughs> to say, he's not captain, is he? Eugene Galekovic is... Oh, yes, yeah. anyway, he is captain. Please continue. Anyway. But Sorry. the other one, and I've wanted to use this line all night, oh, no. I'm going to audit the Adelaide offensive unit, the attackers, and particularly Guardiola, who's come in under big fanfare. They are the football equivalent of erectile dysfunction, <laughs> Adelaide. Their, their lead-up play is absolutely brilliant. You know, yep. they tuck, tuck. It's all yep. exciting. You know, it's Sunday night, tuck, and the guys, at, the guys at the nightclub now are listening to us on <laughs> yeah, the app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they'll be taking your advice <laughs> exactly. here. Exactly. So, so we're talking about the foreplay instead <laughs> yeah, of the 4 4 2. It's the a foreplay. The foreplay is fantastic. Okay. It's fantastic. Yep. And what, what's fantastic foreplay for you, Warren? <laughs> Smooth build up. Smooth build-up. Uh, good communication. Continuity, Carlos. Yeah. There's synergy between yep. all working yep. parts. Yep. You know, yep. that it's everything's coming together beautifully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But is it, is it the slow dance? Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it the slow dance? And it's I a, hate it's, to use it's a little this, bit of champagne, which is more water bottles in this But situation. when push comes to shove yep. and the ball needs to go in the back of the net, <laughs> yep. Yep. Guardiola just <laughs> yep. has not got it. Yeah. You know, and it's disappointing. Yep. And it's... I'm sad for him because in other circumstances, there's medication you can get for his problem on the football field. But he can't fix it. Yep. And he is watching his team, really, on the back of him. As we speak right now, Amor is ordering oysters (laughs) for the boys. Champagne. Everything. To get him fired. And and, and it doesn't make sense because the coach's surname is Amor. Amor. That's it. Who makes love to every woman in Adelaide after each game. Tara Rushton and... Not Pep Guardiola. The impotent. The impotent one. Adelaide Prongs. When was the last time they kept a clean sheet? Anyway, this is the (laughs) Four Diego's on 1116 ECN, Melbourne's home of football. Ah, yes, the Saturday night here on the Diego's. When we started on ECN, it was Saturday nights. Yep. We were grooving. Thanks for joining us on another final whistle. Melbourne victory defeated Adelaide United uh, 2-0. Troisi scored in the 22nd. And Barisha with a lovely header in the 68th Clinical, clinical, clinical. At Cooper Stadium, 10,036 people. Uh, Well done to victory. And, of course, there was a game earlier today. Uh, Newcastle Jets defeated Brisbane. Brisbane at home, uh, 3-2. And Andrew Naboot winning another uh, Man of the Match award tonight. So uh, doing extremely well. Did his Man of the Matches, would that add up to more than he was getting paid when he was playing (laughs) in the Malaysian second division? Uh, Look, I I think players get decent money. I was at one of my town hall meetings this week uh, speaking to some Malaysian contacts I have. They're looking for Australian defenders. Not so much Andrew Naboot, but uh, Australian defenders who are being offered right now Australian defenders, average players, who just do a good job State for State league? In Malaysia? No, no. Uh, have A-league, to be A-league. A-league, and they have to be big, tall, you know, in in the mould of, say, someone like a Saga, Sasha Ogonoski. Right. Yes. But you don't need to be as good as him, because he was just, he's been the template for them all. 20,000 US per week. That's what I'm hearing. Wow. They're offering in Malaysia at the moment. So it's not small bickies. Uh, and, you know... Any forwards, I suppose forwards get paid more than defenders normally because... But that's the more than who... you could get paid in the A-League. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's usually an eleven-month contract, and uh, and you get paid that much money. But you've got to deliver too. One thing about Asia is they don't tolerate someone who goes over there and just takes the money. They uh, they make sure that you know, they'll they'll cancel your contract the minute they think you're not putting in. Yeah. So, uh, but Andrew Naboo is. Is done wonderfully well in the second half today. I didn't get to see much of the first half, but the second half today he took it upon himself three or four shots at goal today that really tested and the Michael Theo, you know, and then he scored with a beautiful mm. header. Uh, the guy, you know, I was thinking, I thought he, I thought he was uh, his career was over really once he left Victory. He'd reached his pinnacle. Yeah, I, I just thought he was one of these guys that just burst onto the scene as a super sub, uh, you know, scored really important goals, but then wasn't getting much game time, and that's sort of a bit of a sign that it could have been all a fluke. Uh, that it could have been something that uh, that was just an accident rather than something that where the kid was building. Uh, he lost his way a bit. Uh, you know, having said he'd gone over to Malaysia, uh, he'd done okay scoring goals in the second division, but he only lasted about twelve weeks over there. So for him to come back to Australia, get picked up by Newcastle, and by all reports too, apparently he paid his own way. I was listening to Laurie McKinnon the other night on Shootout on Fox Sports, and he said that uh, he paid his own way to Newcastle for the trial. He paid his own accommodation. Uh, he didn't ask for a cent from the club during his trial, and he was supposed to go there for a week. And uh, after two days, they said, no, we've got to sign this guy. So, obviously, and he's a monster on the track, apparently. He's oh, he looks super so fit, fit and he looks so, so fit strong. So, I've got a real... Um I've got a real soft spot for Newcastle. And I'm telling this it's six seasons without playing finals. And I'm not saying that they're finals contenders don't, don't this season. It. Don't say it. But they are turning <laughs> they are turning the Titanic around. They're a team at the moment that are playing They're sixteen points. They're playing sixteen points. They're playing midway together. through See, the, through the is, league. You want to squash dreams, but don't you? You, you but, want to squash but you're dreams. You're just happy you're just happy with a team that tries. That's all you... You know, the minute a team... It's just better than a team that doesn't, doesn't try. ...doesn't give up, you think that this team's on the up. They are on the, the up. The minimum you've got to ask for players, professional footballers and teams in the A-League, any professional competition... Why do you allow this to happen, Rodrigo? effort, right? All they're doing at the moment is effort, okay? So you don't start putting all no, sorts of labels no, on them. effort. About... Victory have proven, Carlos, that on the back of effort, you get improved results. There's more, there's more to victory than just effort. Okay. On the back of effort. Now, you've got a team of effective no-names. Now, actually, a shout-out, because you missed the first half. I was watching because I knew one of us had to. Okay? <laughs> um, how about this for dedication? You talk about team built on success and commitment. Okay? Wayne Brown. Yeah, yes. yes. <laughs> no, I, the I captain. Heard I heard this. Yep. He, his yep. wife is... Close to having a child. She went into labour. No, she wasn't meant to. No, that's well, right. She did. He travelled. He yeah. could have stayed back like a lot of other, you know, yeah, but, uh, modelled coll- hang on, hang on. A, um, AFL players who say they're not going to play the day that their wives are going to have children, but not this guy. Let's let's tell the full story. At half time, he left the change room, jumped in a taxi, yeah. took the full... Because she he rang. was really committed. If he was really committed, he wouldn't have gone. <laughs> Okay, he got the phone call from his wife. Listen, I'm going into labour. If he was really committed to Newcastle, say, nah, do it yourself. I'm staying with the boys. <laughs> Did she have the baby, do we know? No, no, but she but, lives next door to Andrew. He lives next door to Andrew Naboo, and apparently Andrew Naboo's girlfriend was going to go over and, is she a and midwife help her or something? Out. I'm not sure. Just yeah. hold her hand, Carlos. Yeah. That's no, a, it's important. That's the sort of 
you know, the guys that people in the Naboos are. That's the commitment. They'll, they'll, That's the commitment that baby. we're talking about. With Newcastle, no excuse, they'll deliver your baby if they need to. That's, Newcastle that's... are the Titanic of the A-League. Oh. <laughs> they are. The, they are. They've got great capacity. They could be one of the biggest clubs in the competition in but terms of fan base support and stuff. You know and how the men... Titanic ends. <laughs> yeah, but... So a lot of it's people... not a real good analogy. No, no, it. but the analogy is they're turning it around. And good luck to Newcastle, and I'm going to be on... if. I'm I'm following them all the way. They're doing really, really well. Well, they sit in the sixth spot. Uh, they're in one, the finals, the Rodrigo. Wonders. In the finals. Absolutely they're in the sixth they spot. Are. They're not in the finals yet. 17 no. points behind the top team, and really... You can make Champions League and finish 17 points behind yeah, the team that wins the Premier no, League, no. Carlos. That's more um, than I expected that we'd talk about Newcastle <laughs> Jets and Brisbane, and probably our listeners do. But anyway, Newcastle Jets defeated Brisbane 3-2. But Melbourne victory were the winners tonight, 2-0 against Adelaide United. As I said earlier, Troisi scored in the 22nd minute, Barisha in the 68th, at Cooper Stadium in front of 10,036. Let's take a break and come back with more of the Diego's final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. There it was on the Final Diego's final whistle. That's where we are. I've just got lost there. Teo Palazzari just had me going there. And, and Jonathan Howcroft, of course, they were the SEN call team. Melbourne victory defeated Adelaide United 2 0. Troisi scoring in the 22nd minute and Barisha in the 68th minute at Cooper Stadium tonight in front of a decent uh, crowd. It was pretty hot there. 10,036 people. Great win by Melbourne Victory. We've been here for an hour already. Uh, we're here for another hour, so 94291116. Give us a call. Please give us a call. 94291116. We'd love to hear from you. It is the, what is it, Carlos? It's the Victory... Uh, doing the business. Doing the business. Uh, hotline, uh, 94291116. And, uh, yeah, have your say about how good this team is right now and what it can do for the remainder of the year. Can it catch Sydney? And I'm pretty sure the people are confident that might happen. But can they win it all in the end? Yeah, or give with, us, that, with, with less the FFA Cup. Yeah, of course. They haven't won that, of course. <laughs> so, Melbourne City won that. Warren, I think they knocked uh, victory off in the semi final. Absolutely. You know your stuff there, Warren. Thank you. Send us a text message on 0433981116. Today's show is brought to you by Tax Talk, Best on Plumbing, and the Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. We've got Carlos's young gun coming up. We've got, uh, we're going to hear um, Kevin Muskett's uh, Fox Sports interview uh, very, very soon. But. Uh, we're going to get into a bit of an analysis here. Of course, uh, there was another game earlier on today. Newcastle Jets defeated Brisbane Raw 3-2 in a bit of a surprise Big upset. at Suncorp. Um, I think that's, for me, I think that's exposed some cracks in Brisbane. I mean, the ground's been exposed as much as they're trying to repatch it at the moment and it's getting slightly better. But there's a few cracks with Brisbane, I think. In the first hour, uh, Warren's uh, best on was um, James Troisi, and he yep. audited uh, Tara Rushton. <laughs> but, I uh, audited the also I audited the Adelaide de, uh, um, forward attacking line. forward line. Yep. That's right. And uh, let's get into another micro segment that we call it's ten past eleven. Carlos's Young Gun. Micro segment, I just made that up. Northern Football Academy at St. Monica's College in Epping. It starts this year and uh, and uh, they are already booked. But uh, if you want to partner with them, if you're in the area, they will be looking for partners all the time, the Northern Football Academy, or get your kids enrolled for, for next year. For more details, give them a call on 94098800 or check out check them out on the web. Uh, Carlos, who was your young gun? Yes, a, a guy that uh, would have uh, one day, uh, no no doubt, come through the Northern Football Academy because he's just <laughs> such a skilled young man. Uh, ben Garuccio, who sort of, you know, was recruited from Adelaide as a young man.
man to Melbourne City, had his ups and downs there. But when Injuries. They, when they threw him in at left back, he showed some glimpses, even though John Van Skip had no regard for left backs or even full backs at all on his side. But joined his hometown team this year again, and he's just been sublime. And tonight in particular, he was one of the shining lights for Adelaide United. For me, Ben Garuccio, uh, Northern Football Academy, Young gun of the night, Ben Garuccio from Adelaide. Thank you very much there, Carlos. Hey, guys, before, obviously, victory was so professional today. They were disciplined. Um, As we said earlier, they've been unchanged for four games, which gives them the continuity. They've got some great players like Larry, you know, really being the captain and and making sure that um, they control the midfield. But uh, we'd be interested to hear what Kevin Musket had to say. Let's have a listen to the coach on Fox Sports. Kevin Musket has been good enough to join us. Uh, Kevin, the boys to my left, very impressed with your side's away performance tonight. What about yourself? No, I'm pleased. Uh, pleased for the group. Uh, you know, we asked for a, a massive effort. You know, the start of the game, the conditions were, you know, very, very difficult. And uh, you know, I thought we handled the conditions well. You know, we put them under a lot of pressure, and, and uh, you know, created the well, not chances. You know, very, you know, guilt-edged chances in the first half where. Uh, you know, the, it could have been. You know, we could have scored more goals. But uh, you know, having said that, uh, I was very pleased with the group, and you can see right at the end there. Obviously, we'd spent a lot of energy in trying to press high and uh, win the ball back in good areas. Um, and uh, albeit, you know, we were off our feet, but uh, we still had uh, a bundle of energy to keep them out of our out of our box and, and not concede. Muskie, you mentioned the conditions a couple of times mm. in your answer. I've always been, uh, mm. I, I guess. I, I, it amazes me, not amazes me, it interests me how coaches manage those type of situations. Did you at all mention the conditions to your players? And if so, how did you manage that? Or did you just let it go completely because the players know the conditions? We didn't bring it up. We didn't bring it up at all, Roods, because uh, you start putting uh, you know, uh, doubts into players' minds about the conditions mm-hmm. and you're going to start doing things differently that uh, you haven't worked on you know, for, for months and months and then all of a sudden you're going to address the game differently because of the conditions. Uh, we're not that type of team. Uh, you know, we want to you know, get on the front foot and, and you know what it's like as well. All of a sudden, if, uh, uh, it's, it's hot for both teams as naturally, but uh, yep. all of a sudden if your opponent is running you into the ground, you, know, you start doubting yourself and you start asking yourself a question, how long are they going to go for? And uh, uh, like I said, I, I thought uh, our conditioning was, was superb tonight and we run the game out well uh, and limited them to, to very few chances. And Kevin, you had many outstanding performances tonight and, and none yeah. other for me that the best was James Choisi. He's the type of player that you can yeah. tell during the week in the training in the lead up to a game that he's going to have a cracking game or is he one of those players that take it easy during the week and you have mm-hmm. no inclination of how well he's going to play during match day? It's not his decision what happens during the week, Boz. He'll, he'll go as hard as I tell him. Uh, he's, uh, he's, and he's improved steadily. He's improved yep. steadily. And, and uh, you know, he's interrupted the uh, season, you know, because he put in a, a shift in, in pre-season and then, you know, had his collarbone yeah. um, and, then, and then got himself back in, into full fitness. But I, I still believe, and I truly mean this, I, I, he's still got so much more in him. Uh, and we've, we're, we're working on things and we're working on identifying, uh, you know, how opposition play to get him more involved. Yeah. Uh, because all of a sudden now, you know, with him in there, there's an extra threat, you know, for opposition teams and, and goal-scoring threat. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it's two weeks in a row and he took his... I mean, our two goals were outstanding tonight. The first one, you know, best to Jimmy, uh, the way to the pass, and then, you know, Jimmy side-footing it into the top corner. And then the second one, Jimmy, you know, in reverse back to best. You know, it's unbelievable delivering good goals. So... Um, we probably uh, squandered the easier chances tonight, but yeah. uh, having said that, I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased and, 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 and happy for the group because, yeah. like I said, you know, we had to put in a big shift tonight uh, and no one shirked that responsibility. Quick one on Marco Rojas. How bad is his ankle? 
Look, at this stage, uh, you know, he took a knock. Uh, it was a kick, you know, so it was an impact injury at this stage. Naturally, uh, with the kick, you know, he's, he's, he's come over and slightly rolled it. But, uh, you know, we'll assess that in the morning. Uh, we've got the luxury of six days uh, before we play Brisbane, so we look forward to that. And last one, two seasons ago, you took all before you this particular club. Bit of a different squad this time, but is... I won't say, are they as good as that team? Because they went out there and proved it with two trophies. However, are they showing the similar traits that you want out of a side to be able to win two trophies, this squad? Oh, you pretend you're me and you answer the question. I reckon you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> well, try. I just wanted you to come out and say we're going to win it both again. Uh, uh, look, uh, look, I'm not... Uh, look, I'm... I'm Longer in the tooth than that. We've got uh, so much work to do. You know, our motivation is to to improve. And uh, you know, we've got a big game next week. Now, uh, we'll get back to Melbourne. We'll, we'll give the players uh, the best chance of performing well with the recovery we put into them. We'll analyse the opposition like we normally do, uh, and we'll be our ruthless best on uh, on Saturday night. Well done for answering that without saying one game at a time, <laughs> Kevin Musket. Thank you very much for that. Uh, congratulations on your fifth win in a row. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Thanks, Kevin. There's Kevin Muscat uh, with the boys from Fox Sports. A very impressive uh, interviewee, you've got to say. He's um, obviously talked about uh, the boys are a bundle of energy in the conditions, but uh, said he didn't mention the conditions uh, before the game. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. But he's, he's mastered the control the of the media. The non-answer. Well, yeah, but he's mastered the control of the media. Yep. He drives the agenda in those uh, sort of post-match press conferences. He drives the agenda when the journos... If you watch the, the full length where he goes and sits in the media area and all the journos are sitting there. They're all scared uh, of him, Carlos. They, is that are, what they are. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, you can be scared of someone and the guy could be an idiot, you know, uh, just having a crack back at you. But he does it very intelligently. And I just think the Kevin Musket now, compared to the Kevin Musket who just took over from Ange Postacoglu many, you know, three or four years ago, uh, you know, he's a bloke who is in the mould of a very, very, very good coach at the moment. And uh, a lot of the stuff he taught... He, he actually, you know what I like about him? He has no problem, not disrespecting his players in the media, but certainly pointing out that they're not up to it sometimes. Or, you know, they that especially when they ask him a question about an individual. Like, Fahid Ben Kalfala early on, you know, three or four weeks ago, uh, you know, a lot of media had a blinder and a lot of media were saying how great he was. And they asked Kevin Musket about that in the post-match interview. And Kevin Musket said he's got a lot of work to do still. Mm-hmm. He was good tonight, but he's got a lot of work to do and so he doesn't just you know blindly tell the world how good they are uh, because I think fans are much more mature and uh, and much smarter than that but he just says it without disrespecting anyone and, and also expecting the most out of his players but this is interesting Carlos at this stage of the season he's not prepared to make any comparisons about this team and a team two seasons ago that was able to win two trophies but interestingly, yeah, but, but what, but, the headline tomorrow no, would be yes, victory coach. But I bet you any money, I bet you any money that there will be a stage later in the season where he gets asked the same question and he may well go, of course they are. No, he They've wouldn't. They've worked hard. Why no, not? No, he would, he, I mean, you would, never, you would never admit to that I, at any stage because I don't especially understand. him, he, he didn't use the words one game at a time tonight. He didn't. But you could ask him at round, I don't know, 24, uh, leading into the finals. And he will still say we're worried about I next just week. Think this, I, I think at times, and a lot of times, I think this sense that 
if I give too much away, my players will get a big head and they won't continue to work. I just think it's absolutely counterintuitive. But, yeah, but why, Do you think the professional footballer doesn't know that the next week's game is the most important? Why don't... I mean, what's... I mean, really, you didn't listen to what he just no, said No, I listened there. intently. Okay, well, what did he say about the conditions? Did he mention anything about the conditions for the players? No, no, he was happy to talk about them after the game, yes, but not before yeah, okay, the game. Okay, so why didn't he so do that? So that's inconsistent. No, no, why didn't he do that? He didn't oh, do it because he didn't different. want to give the players an excuse if things got a bit hard that's tonight. That's different. No, that's it's not different, it's not different than at all. Saying, that's different than giving your players confidence through the media about your belief of them. Publicly acknowledging performance the fact that that, is not a bad the, thing. If you're getting a game in that Melbourne Victory team at the moment, in the first 11 and on their bench, that's all the confidence you need to know that you're a good See, player. See, I'm a glass half full person, uh, unlike yourself and Kevin. I like to actually you, give credit where it's due. You're a bloke who has got to really get an understanding of what it's like to be in a professional football environment. He, wasn't, he actually wasn't that negative about his team at all. He no. said they were a bundle of energy when he was talking about Troisi, apart from saying he'll go as hard as I yeah. tell him to go on the training yeah. track, which is him just making, you know, just yeah. saying that, I'm the biggest ego in that uh, dressing yep. room, yep. Uh, which we've often talked about, and I don't use ego in a negative sense. Yep. Um, you know, he he's the coach, he's the man, and uh, but he was glowing about how how well James Troisi's going um, and has gone since since his um, injury. But it, it was it was, I still believe it was understated. He he always drags it back to, he was really pleased with the effort. Because yep. he knows he's got good players in that squad. He's got players who are winners in that squad. Players who achieved a lot in their career. Barisha, Rojas, uh, Troisi, uh, Ben Kalfala. You know, you go to Barrow, you go to Bozanic. I mean, these guys, Valeri, these guys have achieved a lot in their career. He knows when they're disappointing, it's all about the commitment to the team plan and the effort to put in on that day. He, he kept on mentioning the, the term, they had to put in a big shift tonight. And so he set them up for the fact that it was all about effort tonight. If they play to their complete, intense best, they were always going to beat Adelaide tonight. Whether it's home or away, 38 degrees or whatever it is, wet bulb exploding, whatever it may be, uh, you know, uh, impotent forward line, whatever it may be, lack of foreplay, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but he knew that if they got their intensity up and they stuck to their game plan, they had faith in each other, they were always going to win. He's, like I said, he's he's very impressive, and he's he's, he's impressive no, in saying nothing. He, well, he's impressive have in them? interviews. So what I was going to say, he is he is a young coach, right? I mean, he really is. He's won things already, um, and we've seen articles from you know um, journalists like Mike Cockerell, who yep. who basically um, is saying, who, who is it after Ange Postecoglou decides to give up the Socceroos post? And he mentioned Kevin Musket. Is Kevin Musket a future Socceroos? Of course, coach? he is. Of course he is. Is he the next one? He's in the front. Well, no. No, well, that's you would hope, Carlos, yeah. you would genuinely hope that there'd be more than one person capable. The first thing I'll say is that it will be an Australian. And I'm convinced of that. There are enough of our next generation coaches coming through. And as much as Paul Ocon. I, I wouldn't no, you, put. You, you can't. You can't be going to Paul Ocon. No, really. But what I'm saying is. Is there, he your example? No, he? there is depth. <laughs> There's depth. Well, name names. You go to Paul oh, Oakley. Well, at the moment. You might as well go to Mark Jones moment, at Newcastle Jets, your beloved Newcastle at Jets. At the moment, it's Popovich v. Musket. Right. And okay. you'd have to go Popovich. Uh, why, why not offer it to Graham Arnold again? Yeah, why forget about Graham Arnold? Yeah, well, I, I had forgotten about Graham Arnold uh, the completely. Old, the old head. He's, he's, he's now, at the age. He's at an age where 
you know, it's his last, probably, his, oh, I don't know, it's his last contract, but he's just got a big contract with Sydney FC. and um, It'll be all after the, after the, the World Cup. It'll be very interesting. But is, so, so does, does he have the, the temperament to be that kind of coach? So. It's not a week-in, week-out yeah. coach. Look, the, 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 thing, the thing that the Socceroo coach has to have is hand in the change room, right? And um, with Gus Hinnink, there was no question of that. Mm. With Pim Verbake, for me, no hands. He, yeah, he, he fooled he fooled us for a while, but ultimately in South Africa, he had no hands. Holger, Holger again fooled us for a while. They got to the final of the Asian Cup uh, and played well. Should have won. Yeah, it's true, and, and he had he had the players at, you know, eating out of his hands, but that fell away after a couple of big defeats and him just really st- sticking with the old brigade. We weren't sure about the future under Holger, were we? Yeah, there but was also no he, just wouldn't, he just didn't have any faith in any young mm, players that's, coming that's through. I mean. And I think ultimately there was a divide in that change room, the oldies who felt entitled and the youngies who felt that they weren't being respected. And in the end, results were so bad that they had to get rid of him. Ange Postacoglu... Every game, I mean, he had to earn respect in that change room. He didn't come with hands straight away. And if you remember, he had the issue about retiring uh, Lucas Neal, not that he officially retired, but really He's still available him go. for selection. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mark Swartzer and these sort of still guys. Still available for you know, selection. All these guys uh, either saw the writing on the wall, but I don't think a lot of them saw the success that was going to come Ange Postacoglu's way. And when I talk about success, winning the Asian Cup. I think once they won that Asian Cup on home, surf, uh, home turf, what that He's did, got ultimate hand now. Yeah, amongst the players. That's the important thing. But the next coach has to have... Again, hand with in the change room. Now, what helps is we don't have the big name golden generation, Harry Kuehl, Mark Vadukas. We could have by then. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Tommy Rogic. I mean, Tommy Rogic might be, Aaron Moy might be, but they don't seem to be the characters that are going to go against the coach. So what could uh, allow someone like a Kevin Muscat or a Tony Popovich to come in that change room and get absolute hand straight away is the fact of the, the, the level of development of our team at that time and the legacy Ange Postacoglu leaves behind. I would be shocked if Ange Postacoglu was still coaching the Socceroos after the next World Cup. It'd be very interesting. I, I, yeah, I who do you agree. Go for, I who we... would you go for, Rodrigo? Popovich, Arnold or Musket? If it was out of those three, oh gosh, I, I, think, um, I think Popovich. I think Popovich. Well, he'll be the Melbourne City coach, I would think. <laughs> so... <laughs> I think that'll have. I think I'd yeah. like to see Kevin Musket um, still in the you know club club sphere. I think for, that's. For I think the club sphere really help really suits Kevin. I mean, I think he's a you know. But he'd be ambitious enough to want the Socceroo job. I think what puts Tony Popovich just ahead of Muskie is the fact that Popovich has had international experience coaching as an assistant there in England, which is you know. I'm not saying Plus it's, he's it's won a, a, it's a, a great, title in Asia. It, yeah, but if you if you remember the way that team played, really, they got battered and they won a title. <laughs> really. Would you be happy if Australia played that way and won a World Cup? No, Cups? I wouldn't actually. <laughs> oh, it was actually oh, quite oh, embarrassing. Oh, yes, yeah, uh, with all due respect, oh, you would. No. If we won a World Cup, no, that's not, not playing that way there. Sorry. <laughs> I'm playing that way there. I, I'm an aesthetic t- kind of guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're regular yeah. Uh, That is the most... Yeah. You know what? I'm an aesthetic type of guy. I mean, that is the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. Well, you wouldn't accept no. a 1-0 no. win in a World Cup when no, your goalkeeper's had 55 saves and... 
Of course you would. No. The problem with the problem with West Sydney Wanderers winning that Asian Cup final, and even in the lead-up to it, I mean, the defenders didn't even defend properly. It was all about one 40-year-old goalkeeper having the, <laughs> you know, the, bli- the, ga- the blinder of, of his experience. life. Absolutely. And uh, for me, I don't know, no one talks in big terms about – they talk about the achievement because that team had to travel, play the A-League, had to balance both, uh, you know, both commitments – uh, but no one talks about the wonderful achievement of that team playing football or, or the win. Uh, you know, people know, and yet people know sure. that and yet it, it you're was just talking uh, about the importance oh. of wins, and it's all about wins. I always Carlos. thought it's you were a, a rugged centre centre half, Carlos, who didn't really subscribe to the beautiful game. No, I, I don't mind a team that's set up to park the bus. And they and they play that way. But that West Sydney Wanderers team, <laughs> no, no. they would just pull the tape. Rodrigo, no, no, I, no look, they I, were I was awful. agreeing with they you. They were I, I awful. They were lucky. They were lucky. So they, lucky. They were, By they the way, and so, and there was a couple of really dodgy refereeing decisions in that game. So, oh, so, God. At look, the end of the day, ne- it can, defines that club. You, you can never take that away from them, and no, it'll always exactly. be in the history books. But You've I, taken it I, away I, from I them, I don't Carl. want to celebrate it too much because I remember seeing them play, and I'm thinking they got absolutely battered that game. Coaches build reputations on resumes. Resumes are about winning titles. And for what you've just said, yep. it is the most counterintuitive argument that you'd ever wish, that you would accept a loss rather than a win based on style. No, no, no that's accept- what you said. No, look, that's what you said. Unfortunately, you know, I need to correct something here. I have no control whether Australia win a World Cup or not, right? <laughs> okay. So when I, you're I saying people I, might realise. Yeah, I, I have no control. Just let me clarify that for Warren. I will have no impact, no control about whether Australia ever win a World Cup. <laughs> Having said that, and by the, by saying that, it means that I, it's not that I have to accept the win or not. It's not like they're all turning and looking at me and saying, Carlos, well, do you accept the win? No, no, we are. But, but I, whether <laughs> I'd be proud of my team playing that way to win something, I'd take it. Of course I'd take it. Of course you would. But at the end of the day, would I be bragging about it? No. I'd just walk away and think, okay, well, we were lucky there. Let's hope that one day we'll be able to play good football and win things, Warren. You know your media, your your, your level of um, achievements is just all around mediocrity. That's all. It's just everything's around mediocrity for you. It's just enough to turn up for you. Mm. Whereas it's got to be a little bit more than that. You've got to be proud of the way you play. I think if you've made a World Cup final and you've won, you've done more than just turn up. Well, now, I mean, that's what you just well, said, which is again no, well, ridiculous you, you, no, and counterintuitive. You, you talked about Wanderers you, didn't just turn up. It wasn't. They didn't win on a on a on a you know, a, a ruling did, from did God. You, they you, weren't touched you the on the you-know-what by a fairy. Did you watch the game? Yeah, did you watch did. actually the lead-up games? Won. They won. Anyway. They, they were lucky, but they won. But the question the is, is he the right coach right, for yes. the Socceroos? And he could be. He could be. He I could mean, be. But not, not in the next cycle. Well, I wouldn't have thought. I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure whether Graham Arnold has... Uh, look, I suppose he's had it before. and He didn't do too bad. Well, I, I know that a f- there was a few question marks by players in that change room. It always felt interim. Hall it always yeah, felt interim with yeah, uh, and, and whether he had the whether he had the faith of all the players. But then again, it was a different. It was a golden generation who were people unto themselves. You know, they were used to the Terry Venables coaching them, mm. and they were used to the big name coaches from overseas. And you know, and, and suddenly they've got Graham Arnold, who's still learning in the change room when he had them last. So. Maybe this group, they know him better. Who knows? Uh, it seems like the A-League players are much more understanding and they get more of a go. So, uh, you, know, th- th- you know, maybe an Australian coach would be accepted 
by players who have had their, most of their career overseas. Anyway, it's, uh, just uh, Kevin Musket is a highly scrutinised coach and uh, he's doing a pretty good job, you'd have to say. Hey, let's take a break now and uh, good on you, Dave Cranbin. Got our, uh, our hand um, <laughs> reference. Always referring. Yep. There's always a Diego, uh, Seinfeld reference on the Diegos <laughs> at some point. So thanks for that on the text message. 942-911-16. Give us a call or send us a text message on 433 Melbourne Victory defeated Adelaide United 2-0 tonight at Cooper Stadium. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the final whistle on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of football. Thanks for joining us on this uh, Saturday night disco version. The of best the disco band of all time. Who's that? Beaches. Look, disco band? Group. Yeah. It is the disco awesome. Saturday night version. Awesome. Melbourne Victory defeated Adelaide United. <laughs> You're so old. 2-0, crazy scoring and Barisha scored as well. 10,036 people were at... Uh, Cooper Stadium, Hind Marsh as we call it. Newcastle Jets defeated Brisbane Raw 3-2. Marie off the text message. Hi guys, go victory. Good on the Jets. Uh, it was good on the Jets. It was a, a, a very good win by them. Um, and Marie's also go Real Madrid 3-0 up. Brilliant CR7 just scoring. There you go. And thank you for that. Keep it going, Marie. We'd like to... They're going okay under um, the head-butted one. <laughs> aren't they? Really? I mean, for all the for all the talk about what was going to happen at Real Madrid and, you know, Zinedine Zidane came in and he was really untested, untried. Talk about, you know, a great player who's untried as a manager. Mm. And I, you'll probably undermine his achievements by saying they pretty much coached themselves, Real Madrid. But no, not at all. That's their never record, been my, it's never been my philosophy. Their record under him is incredible. Every great team needs a great coach. Now, the great coach doesn't have to be uh, a bloke who's got a bigger brand than the, the rest of the big name players, but he certainly has to have real influence in that change room. Every team does. He's doing a good job, isn't he? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, speaking about coaches and um, Adelaide sit uh, languishing basically on t- at last, last <laughs> on the A League table. Last year's premiers and champions finishing. They're, they're actually they're actually on seven points at the moment. Can I so... be honest? And they're pathetic. Okay. It's well, pathetic. Well, I think, I think before we get into a discussion about Adelaide United, because we will, let's have a listen to both uh, Guillaume Moore and Ben Garuccio on Fox Sports. Guillaume Moore has been good enough to join us, the Adelaide United coach. Guy, thank you for your time. Um, how do you sum up that 90-minute performance from your team? Mm, the result, we know that is uh, is bad result, but um, the, the performance and the team... I think we gave everything. We gave everything. I think the result is the result. It's impossible to change, but uh, we analyze. Uh, we see the, the numbers in this moment. The, the possession, I, I think, is 50-50. The shoots, uh, I think we have a lot of uh, more than, the, than them. And, and the corners, uh, we have more. And it's, it's the same line that the last games. <laughs> the difference in this case is the... The result, but this is very difficult to, to change in this moment. It's true that in the bench we see sometimes uh, different actions that we, we don't know if it's, it's fall or not. No? Uh, I remember the first half, the first goal, no say one action of Tarek uh, in the bench, which we see fall, but uh, I don't know. We, I want to see all the, all the time. I repeat in television. 
And in the second is a throw-in. No sé, is for Melbourne and I think Tarek don't touch the ball. No sé si es Austin o what is. After the throw-in is fall, free kick. And it's the second goal. I don't know. I, I check tomorrow. I analyze every game, after, every every week, uh, tomorrow and after tomorrow. And, and, and we analyze not these games, you know, the, the last game, the first game, the second game. The, we have uh, interesting things in, in this in these videos and the, in this image. Um, it's good. Uh, we analyze everything, and tomorrow is analyze uh, this game. Yeah? Yeah, you're a coach that always stands behind your players. It is now the transfer window time where you can bring in and let go of players. Are you going to bring in players to strengthen your squad? We don't know in this moment. In this moment, it's good that, uh, to think in the group uh, that is here, the, the team is and the players are here, and the players play today, and this moment, in, you know, when you lose, always is, is hard for them and, and to recover. We play Thursday all the time here, <laughs> Thursday. Against City is not uh, not easy, and we must win all the time. And we prefer to think now in the players are here, to prepare well, and, and to think in the, in the next game, and to 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 give the, the thanks to to the supporters today. But today the people come today, 10,000, 11,000, 12,000 every game. We are last in the bottom, but the people are here with us, and this is fantastic in this moment. Guy, we will leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us. Not easy after a loss. Best of luck on Thursday. Thank you. Thank you to you. Thanks. I'm now joined by Ben Garuccio. I just said to Carl there, and he said it was a really tough game out here tonight. You threw everything at them. You had clear goal-scoring opportunities. Denied by the woodwork, you were in the right positions. You must be scratching your head thinking, how do we not get something out of that game? Yeah, story of the season, I guess, for us. Um, I think probably look at three quarters of our games and... If we take some of our good chances, we'd probably come out on top. Um, we said before the game, you know, the last game against Victory, we definitely deserved to win. I even watched it back and I, I was scratching my head as to how we lost. Tonight, a little bit of the same story, but when we're not scoring enough goals, tonight, again, no goals, it makes it very difficult for us to win games. There was something about Melbourne Victory that brought out a real confidence. You could even say a real hunger in your side tonight. Did it feel different out there playing against this side? Of course, it's always a big game against Victory. Um, for me personally, especially when I was at City, they've always been big games. So, especially for me, yeah, I fire up for these games. Um, nothing better than being at Coopers. Obviously, they bring their travelling crowd, and you'd love nothing more than to get a win in front of our home fans. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case tonight. You had a huge game yourself. You don't walk away with the points. You're still bottom of the table. You've got to pick yourselves up and go again next week. How do you do it, and what, do you, what for you do you need to work on? For me personally, my mindset when I'm out there is we're bottom, um, we're on six, seven points. Um, how much worse can it get for us? There's obviously no relegation, so what do we really have to be afraid of? Coming bottom, we're already there. So the only way we can go is up, um, if that means taking a few more risks and you know, we just have to be really, really confident and, and just go for it. That's the only way we're going to win games and it's possible in this league. Yeah, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much. Thank you. There's Ben Garuccio and before him, Guia Moore on Fox Sports. It really uh, worries me, Rodrigo. What worries I'm you? really concerned. When, when Ben Garuccio, who's obviously my, um, my young, young gun, gun of the night, who mm. I thought played really well tonight, talks about the fact that we're already bottom, you know, uh, what do we have to worry about? There's no promotion relegation. I just felt that a young guy is focusing on the wrong thing. The expectation of that club after winning the, the grand final last year, winning the league, by the way, mm. uh, going on a record run, uh, I thought that the pride aspect of it 
should have been stronger there. I thought the expectation on the players, there's nothing wrong with pressure and expectation put on players. This whole thing about freeing up the expectation, we're last anyway, who cares? For me, it looks like they're, they're lacking a bit of leadership in that club if he's talking that way. What yeah, no, I, look, I get a sense. I'm not sure how long-term Guillaume Moore was going to be here in Australia, regardless of whether they won the title or not last season. And I get a sense that maybe it's the, I don't know, the end or coming to the end of his tenure because he'll move on. I hope that I hope that Adelaide don't look to do anything dramatic in the transfer window. I mean, we often see it in the Premier League with teams bottom of the ladder feeling like they can do something in January that gets them the out. Asian Champions League they too. Do. That's the other thing. Yeah, they do. And that's probably something that they don't, you know, they don't want to um, embarrass themselves. But typically, Adelaide have never embarrassed themselves in, in that competition and have always been the hardest team to beat at well, home. in the final they made, I think back in 2009, they got beaten pretty heavily home and yeah, away. Yeah, that's a final, Carlos. But that's, you know, that's but the grand about, final. It's a about, final. You talked about them not being embarrassed. They but, were embarrassed. In but what I will say, if you look at their team, it's a shadow of the team that had last year. And I look, I wouldn't have maybe felt this, but a guy like Bruce Jitte, who they lost, they've lost him. They've lost other players. They've had injuries. They've had a lack of continuity around performance. They've lost Goodwin, Goodwin. Mm. Mork. Um, Jitte, and, Sanchez, um, and uh, Kamau. Kamau, and also um, I think Karuska hasn't played much this yep. year. How much of it's their fault, though? I mean, they've let Kamau, They let players like Tongik. Kamau scored go. the grand final, and they let he, him go. Well, they let him go before that. I mean, he, he'd already signed with City during that year. I mean, why wasn't that boy signed up? I didn't realise how good he was until he was at City early on this season. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, he's quietened down a little bit in the last few weeks, but early on I thought he was amazing uh, the way he went about it. You know, a uh, real talent. Uh, you know, they haven't replaced Mork. They, they got they allowed someone like Ruan Tonyik to leave. Mm. I mean, this guy's the next big thing as a central defender. Uh, we've also got uh, the boy at Newcastle, Katrupas. Katrupas. Katrumbus. Katrumbus, the young boy there who uh, was at Adelaide at the same time last year, and they've let him go. Uh, now, they've got Dylan McGowan, who's probably going to go off to Asia. I, I heard a rumour that he was going to go off there. And the other boy, LaRocca, is not playing at the moment. He might be injured or suspended. I'm not sure what he is. Uh, and the other boy playing in the middle of defence at the moment, not sure. Look, to be fair to them, Jordan Elsie is another one who's injured right now. So they probably had a few centre-halves before him. But I don't know if they've made – if they've replaced players – um, you know, anywhere near the calibre of the ones they lost. James and, Holland hasn't been no, not great, at all. has been, he? Yeah, but he's just a box-to-box type of player. He wasn't going to give you anything more. Uh, and Guardiola, who was Jitte's yeah, replacement, just he's the impotent prong, really. I wonder whether he could be a better player in a in a in a team that's you know really Melbourne dominating. City. Yeah, dominating. He might he, he could be a player. He's he's a very skilled player, very physically strong. He's a guy who troubles uh, central defenders and opposition defenders. And uh, even though he hasn't scored a lot of goals, he always looks likely. So you just wonder if he was in a team that uh, that had confidence, a team that was winning games, whether he would uh, top that team off. It's interesting because you look at this this team and the team that yeah took the took the park tonight. You've still got you know Thirio, Isaias. Um, they've brought in Henrique. Um, you know, Tarek Elrich is still there. Yeah. So well, Elrich has been good this year. Yeah. Um, uh, Isaias has been their best player this yeah. year. 
And uh, Ray I think, has been okay. Yeah, he was injured. Yeah, yeah, he's been okay. Um, so they're, uh, they're not. What I'm trying to say is Fier- they're Fier- not the bottom. You know, on no, paper, no. Are they the best bottom team ever? <laughs> well, no, I didn't say that. Yeah. Can you be that? I don't know. I haven't thought about the other teams that finished on yeah, the bottom. But I don't cut this thing. You can have one or two bad luck games, you know, or even three or four spread over a season if you're a good team. But this whole thing about we haven't won a game, but we've been really unlucky. We should have won. It, it, That's the at, point. At, what, at one point. At what point do you say, we're just not good enough? Yep. And I think that team has got to accept that right now, that we're not good enough and there's got to be a reason for it. Uh, this whole thing about we should have won, we, you know, we've had all the ball, we had all the chances, this and that. For me, when you lose, when the pattern's there of lo- losses, uh, disappointing losses or draws when you should have won, it means you're not good enough. It's and the same with thing with Western Sydney Wanderers. I don't cop it anymore. I don't care how much position you have between the boxes. I don't care how good you look. Uh, if you're drawing games or not winning games, it means you're not good enough. And the coach, uh, Gear Moore, pretty much saying they're not going to look in the January window. They uh, Well, no, what he I said, think... I'm not going to talk about it right. now because they've got a game on Thursday. Can you imagine starting to talk about, yeah, we're going to bring players in and, a, and he's got to prepare this team for Thursday? And not talk about it until mid Well, 80% January. of them no, no, are you, off contract. You, just, you never, ever talk about it, but you just get them and bring right. them in. Because <laughs> some players... Some players and some people like myself operate well with contract negotiations hanging <laughs> over their head. But then there's others who yeah. aren't able to do that. And I don't know. How's that work, Carlos? And I'm asking you a question in deference to your knowledge. How's that work in a club mm. where you manipulate contracts? And I don't know what it's typically like in the A-League. I get a sense that you'd have a lot of guys notionally coming off contract at the end of the season. But you've got 80% of their squad in Adelaide yep. coming off contract. And including, you, you know, the high profiles like Isaias, yeah. you know. Who's been offered a, a two-year extension. Look, right now there's a real problem in our game. Uh, the PFA has identified the, the lack of longevity in contracts for a lot of the players. A big percentage, you're talking about Adelaide, but a big percentage of players have been given short-term contracts. At the moment, that's the fad amongst clubs, short-term contracts, which lends itself to a lot of player turnover. And also the fact that, you know, coaches have got a big job making teams cohesive. So I know we've got to go to a break, Rodrigo, but I'd like to keep on talking about this after the break sure, because no it's a real big issue in Australian football right now. Uh, and But it's not always a club's fault that this happens. But we can talk about more Definitely. of this over Let's the break. take a break now and come back with more of the final whistle on 1116 SEN Melbourne's Home of Sport. Thanks for joining us on the final whistle this Saturday night. The disco version of the Diego's Melbourne victory were victors tonight. Not beaches, though, Rodrigo. Against Adelaide, uh, Troisi and Barisha scoring. And um, 10,036 was a decent crowd. And 36 of them were direct um, <laughs> relatives of James. Well, they're probably a couple of hangers-on, you, know, <laughs> cu- you know, friends of yep. his cousin. Yep. So I would say that they topped over, they got them over the 10,000. And in the earlier game, uh, Newcastle Jets defeated Brisbane Raw 3-2. And tomorrow, Central Coast Mariners uh, host... Sydney FC, who are atop the A-League ladder, four points clear of Melbourne victory. Mm. Carlos and Warren, before the break, we were talking about player contracts. And, yeah. Um, obviously, with Adelaide having eight players. 80%. 80%, rather, of, of their players. Of a 20-man yep. squad, Carlos? Would it be a 20-man squad? 23 men squad. Keep going with the discussion, Carlos. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just saying, uh, I think the question you asked, uh, Warren... Would they, be, like, would they be happy for that situation to exist? I think... In that situation, the club, even though it is does... Is deliberately manipulated too? Well, I think, think these, done it in this day and age, because of the fact that uh, it's easier to move players on for a club's, from a club's perspective, um, I think, you know, it, 
the worry for PFA is that a player, you know, a season's not even 12 months. I mean, a season's, what, 10 months before you, you've got to make a decision whether you can stay at that club or go somewhere else. So can you ever get a mortgage for a house if you're a player? And if you have a family, you know, if you're moving every couple of years, the, the uh, you know, the impact it would have on your kids with schooling and so forth. And, and then, you know, there's Asia in the mix too. So suddenly you might be, you know, living in Perth, one year, living in Sydney next year, and you're going to China. So what you're, you're say- saying, though? So what I'm saying is right now, the benefit, the, the, the advantage is for the club. The but club. the downside is someone like a Tony Popovich who's had 62 players in the existence of uh, West Sydney Wanderers. That's how many players have and played. And seems this. to like it that way. Well, it, there's question marks about whether the lack of cohesion, the fact there's been such big turnover of players, may have led to the situation they're in right now. Where they're not winning games, they're drawing games. Um, the, the things are going wrong. They didn't. They look a little bit, you know, all over. Just joined the other night against Melbourne City, and there's question marks about whether his transfer policy or the way he goes about it with his contracts, whether that's led to this situation. I think he's got to catch up with but you. Players can't have their cake and eat it too, Carlos. You can't crave for security, and then say notionally get a three-year deal at an A-League club that might be 65% of the wage that you might be able to get in China or in Malaysia or somewhere else and then have then be in really good form and have accepted the three-year contract and suddenly you've got a house and your kids are going to school. And then when Asia, come, Asia comes calling, you want your manager to negotiate hard to be released from that contract yeah. to go to where you want to go. Yeah, but the, the club's still got power in that situation because they're entitled to a transfer fee. And if the transfer fee is good enough, it doesn't matter who you are, the clubs these days will let you go. Uh, we heard about you know the rumour about Ninkovic, for example. Yeah. He'll command big dollars in the, by way of transfer, and Sydney will let him go because they'll take the money. Our, our clubs are in the situation where you've got to take the bigger money for a transfer. So, yes, players want freedom of movement. They want to be able to you know, um, you know, not have any restraint of trade at all. But at the same time, um, clubs, I think, you know, have tried to work out how they can look after themselves Play, too. Players need security too, no, yeah. by the way. I mean, I mean they, they absolutely they do. do. Well, as a professional footballer, if you're at a place one year or three years, how, how secure is that? A three-year contract is a pretty lengthy contract in football. I think you've got to accept as a professional footballer that it's not like every other job where you can stay in a job for 10 years, 15 years and, and know about the security. The security of income. Is what I'm talking about. So yeah. those those multi-year deals give them that. Yeah, but mm. the only thing I'd say against that, Rodrigo, is I think we've got ourselves into a situation where notionally players, and more in Europe, and maybe the top-end players or the really high-potential young players, are notionally signing contracts on very, very good money for six years. And notionally, that contract is got nothing to do with the period of time. Players are renegotiating six-year contracts after two years because if they get within two years of the contract becoming null and void, the clubs are worried about losing them. So we're in this ridiculous situation where everyone's signing a contract and yet everyone knows that actually the content of that contract is pretty much negotiable right from the time that it's signed. It's, some, and it's strange the, and ridiculous. it's in the club's best interest to sign a player that they think is going to get better so that he's got some value in the transfer market when he potentially will, you know, other clubs will come looking for him. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with more of the final whistle on 1116 SEN Melbourne's Home of Sport.
It is the Saturday night disco version of the Fort Diego's BGs, Rodrigo. And Warren's slipped into his three-piece suit with his body shirt. <laughs> and he's off to a nightclub. Opened up disco, rather. to his belly button. And uh, <laughs> he's off look. to inflations. Inflations. <laughs> is that still around? <laughs> Where's Carlos? that? King Street. No, he's actually he's off to El Fortino's. In oh. <laughs> no. uh, Melbourne victory defeated Adelaide United 2-0 uh, tonight. It was a, an emphatic win in the end. And Newcastle Jets defeated Brisbane Raw. Three, two. So, Warren, you're not here next week, but um, holidays for me next week, Rodrigo. Yeah, and enjoy yourself. Make I sure will. You'd Thank have you. A rest. We've got four four shows tomorrow. Yep. Next, they'll next be week. good. They'll be good without me. What about uh, your team, Adelaide United uh, and Melbourne City away? Ah, oh, Melbourne City should get the job done. I think. Um, I think they've turned the corner, not completely. They've at least put their head around the corner. And I think they're looking down the corridor. So I'd expect continued improvement. I, 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 nothing I saw from Adelaide tonight is going to trouble Melbourne City if they play. That club's recently. in turmoil. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're lacking leadership. They're in turmoil. So Melbourne City chalk up the next three points. And too. then on Friday the 13th, it's uh, Melbourne victory and Brisbane rule. I think victory are just, I think Brisbane. That's their danger game. That's their oh, real danger game. Yes. No, Brisbane have lost not... two on the trot. The Aloisi boys will be so angry at training this week. Uh, that is he was angry on the bench, John. Big, today. big danger game. Brisbane can do it, uh, but they've got to play their scrappiest anti-football that they can muster up uh, to them to, for them to beat uh, victory. That's it for tonight's show. Thanks for your calls and your text messages. So remember, Carlos. Wherever Puerto Rican girls hang out, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba and la bamba, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever there's girls with fruit on their head and balls at their feet, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. Where the gringos play football, we'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Four Diego. Olé! Olé!